You're listening to Pink Boots Conversations, where we speak with women and non-binary individuals working in the fermentation sciences. Our aim is to learn, listen, and lead with one another, inspiring professionals and consumers alike. We are rolling. Hooray! <laughs> uh, hello, craft, craft beer fans. Enthusiasts. Enthusiasts, <laughs> our brothers and sisters in the, uh, in the space out there. This is Janelle Buxton coming at you from Lua Brewing on the patio, on the windy patio. And I have the amazing distinct pleasure of having in front of me Jennifer Nance. Holler. Hey. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, we get to be doing something really cool today. Absolutely. And that is doing a hop rub. Yes. Yes. And we are doing that to select for the Pink Boots Blend for 2024. Correct. So, Jennifer, you are one of the co-leads of, yes. the, of the Iowa Pink Boots chapter, along with Susan Franz, a fence line. Yes. And you have been a guiding light to the Pink Boots, Iowa Pink Boots chapter for how long? My first involvement with the Iowa Pink Boots chapter started the year that I started in the Iowa brewing industry out here in 2017. Um, I joined the chapter the year that we had a collaboration brew at Peace Tree Brewing. And that was Heard my, of them? Yes, my, my <laughs> first exposure to Shout out. a lot of wonderful women in this industry. Um, I was aware of other beer enthusiast clubs like Barley's Angels and and our Iowa craft beer and body girls, I think that what? they rebranded. Okay. But yeah, there was the, or the craft beer girls. Sure. Um, and a lot of beer enthusiasts. But being a part of the Pink Boots Society has been life-changing, honestly. Uh, so, so since 2017 is when I joined. 2018, we had another wonderful brew day in collaboration with uh, Lion Bridge Brewing. Mm-hmm. 20... Thank you, Lion Bridge. No, I, I apologize. Shout out. I'm misquoting. So 2018 was there at Peace Tree. 2019 okay. was at Lion Bridge. 2020, we had a wonderful brew day with our friends over there at Back Pocket. 2021 was a little weird for everybody. Mm-hmm. <coughs> COVID. <Right? laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, we found ourselves again in 2022. And we were pretty fortunate to come together and have a big brew day there at... Confluence. Confluence. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you to all of those breweries and, and, and being amazing friends. It's um, it's the biggest event we get to do. My first, I just moved back from Colorado and jumped jumped in on the Pink Boots Iowa chapter uh, for the Back Pocket Brew Day. Yes. And it was rowdy and fun and we generally yes. we have really fantastic hosts. And this is the biggest fundraiser that we, we do uh, each year, meaning that uh, the hosting brewery helps with packaging, distribution, uh, other member breweries and, and friends buy the beer, and then a portion of proceeds go back to our chapter so we could do 
some really awesome stuff. By that, I mean yeah, scholarships, which is one of the things reasons we're, we're here today. We're going to chat about that and the scholarship you received. Uh, and then we also get to do a lot of sensory trainings, educational trainings. And what's great about uh, Pink Boots Iowa in particular, but but also at large, is there's a ton of different resources, um, and we're we're open to to all. Meaning, uh, of course, you know, women and non-binary, but also you don't have to be a brewer to be a part of of Iowa Pink Boots. Uh, for example, we have a lot of taproom managers and representation, which is huge, which is yes. huge because I think collectively as an industry, you know, we, the more educated we are holistically, the better off we all are. The more engagement we have with fans, uh, the people that feel like they're a part of something, if they know, you know, even just a little bit more and have more beer appreciation, I think. Yes. You know, we just, it, that's, we, we get to be stronger as a result. So Absolutely. I mean, that's our mission, to assist and educate and inspire. And just across the fermented beverage industry. Yeah. And I just, I want to toast to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And th thank you for, for really, you know, being a part of that, um, keeping us steadfast. <laughs> um, I, like I said, I've met so many amazing, amazing humans. Yeah throughout the society. Absolutely. And so um, we are uh, had a group of women together today, and we uh, put our noses in 15 different jars, it felt like, yes. uh, picked out our top five, <laughs> you know. And then we'll send, send those off. You will send those off to YCH Hops, I believe. Yes. Uh, so we partner with Yakima Chief Hops every year. They do an initial um, sending of, what, one-ounce hop pellet samples to each participating chapter. We separate them into our little jars. We shake them on up, get everybody's noses and sensories uh, maybe a little exhausted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I took a giant sneeze on the first, the first big old pole, just boom, hop dust. Absolutely. But, and it, it's always fun to revitalize those feelings. I mean, when was the last time you got to, or, you know, my taproom manager, when was the last time she got to stick her nose in a bag of Citra? Uh, so it was really fun kind of hearing what everybody's favorites were. We take those favorites, we compile a list, we discuss them, we rank them, and we send them off. And those, those hop blends or those hop suggestions that we send will be sent to our national board mm -hmm. or our, you know, absolutely society leaders as they are. Mm -hmm. And YCH, Yakima Chief, will compile a blend of them which they will uh, debut at the Great American Beer Festival coming up at the end of September and allow uh, the National Pink Food Society to come in and come sniff and rub those hops together and just be another part of a larger tasting and bringing even more members together. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's it's a fun fun collective thing, uh, and our our top five were there, there were there's a whole whole list here, but. Uh, Antanum. I, I don't even know how to say that. So somebody, somebody, uh, correct me. Equinot, HBC, six thirty-eight, Idaho seven, and Laurel. Yes. Those were our darling, darling top five tops. Those were so. our babies this year. Yeah, they were, uh, for sure. Now I am going to switch gears in just a minute because um, Jennifer, you are uh, uh, have been a brewer with Lark Brewing. Um, how how long now? You know, it would be two years in August. Two years in August. Yes. Okay. I was an assistant brewer with Lark for a little while longer than that. I was a tap room manager with Lark. I was a server with Lark. I was a, a bartender with Lark. I've been a host. I mean, every once in a while I hopped into that kitchen and just, I made some eggs. Sure. Well, burgers, but 
Burgers with eggs. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So you wore you wore a lot of hats and you you saw it all. Now, uh, I'm, I'm re recently, very recently, Lark has announced ceasing operations. That's correct. Uh, sorry to hear that. Um, it, it, it you know part of the business cycle sometimes is you know there are sunsets, right? Yes. Um, and and so I I think the the important thing is is that there there are other other sunrises on the horizon. Oh, absolutely. You know, and um, I, I'd be curious. From, from your experience and, and, you know, please just go into whatever you're comfortable with, but, um, you know, go, going through something like that and um, all, all, the, all the feels, you know, what, what, what has that journey been like? Um, I understand, again, it's, it's very recent, but um, talk a little bit about your journey there. Golly, like from, from the moment I stepped foot into Lark as a, as a guest, I really wanted to be a part of that company. And you know, there's there's been ups and downs with it all along the way. We, as a tap room, we moved locations, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. Mm -hmm. In in the span of in the span of our seven years of operation. Okay. Um, we changed ownership once. Mm -hmm. The Lark story is never really my story to tell, to be totally honest. Sure. But I definitely have a story inside and underneath that banner. Um, my experiences with closing right now um, and very recently here are difficult. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of feelings. We definitely put our hearts into it. But gosh, like the things that I learned under that banner and from the people that I was able to work with are irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. It's foundational knowledge now that I have that will lead me into my next opportunity. Absolutely, and and hopefully within brewing. Yes, because I hope so gosh too. dang it, <laughs> uh, we you're 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 too good to you know see exit out of this space. Thank you. Uh, and and it, it is a very specific skill set and, and, and knowledge base. And so um, I would love you to talk a little bit about your your journey. As you mentioned, you you wore a lot of different hats. You started yeah. on the floor, and um, it's it, uh, like most um, getting into the brewing position. It it sounded like it was a lot of peer mentorship and training. Yes, it, that's correct. Okay. That is correct. Yep. I. You know, I think that you and I have a very common bond when it comes to our Colorado roots, mm -hmm. essentially. And Colorado, I lived there from, you know, my little birth date until 2016 when I decided to uproot myself and move from Denver, Colorado, one of my favorite beer meccas in the world, to Charles City, Iowa. <laughs> and it's that a very obvious move. I, <laughs> I totally get it. I mean, everybody does it. <laughs> um, in the small town of Charles City, Iowa, I found myself, believe it or not, bored. Um, and I found myself well supported by my brewing knowledge that I brought with me. Uh, you know, growing up supporting and representing bands and the rest, or brands, excuse me, in the restaurants that I worked in, um, my beer knowledge was vast. I was working on my certified beer server, and I just wanted to be able to present that to a new opportunity here in Iowa. Uh, during that time, I was studying, of course, for that, which worked out well for me, and I started homebrewing a little bit more than what I had done in Colorado. I had a mentor out there who try to push me a little bit more into it. And fortunately, I arrived in Charles City very close to the time that Lark was opening. Um, on their first anniversary, I was invited to work with them. And I started my position there as a taproom supervisor or a taproom manager. But it was it was interesting because it was just a taproom of myself and maybe two other bartenders. Mm -hmm. 
throughout our, our transition though. Working with Sean, I was able to come in and come work with him and learn how to fill kegs, learn how to wash everything, learn how to make a CIP cycle, make something shine. And mm -hmm. that was really what the job was for me then, was just making sure that things looked pretty. Nice. Yeah. And then eventually you decided to take the leap into stepping into the head head brewer role. Yes. Right? And at that point, you um, still had relied on the training received from your, your institutional knowledge. Yes. But then also the training from your co cohorts at Lark. That's correct. Uh, a lot of the things that I had picked up along the way were directly from Sean, especially with the equipment that we were brewing on. Uh, the previous head brewer there, you know, it was unfortunate the way that he he left us so suddenly. Mm -hmm. um, I had to leap into action. Um, so it was a it was it was more of a necessary. They yes. needed <laughs> hands. Okay, right, and that's not uncommon either. No, you know, in this in this space. So and it yeah. was very much so a trial by fire. Mm -hmm. It was a let's see if we can do this um, because of you know the way that things had changed. I was able to take what I had learned from him and what I had learned throughout my own brewing of home brews and beyond my own information and be able to develop recipes of my own. And that for me, I think is like the, the pinnacle of, of what a brewer wants, like to be able to see something that you, comes from your heart in somebody else's glass and see them enjoy it. Not necessarily seeing their rating on it, but seeing them enjoy it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Who needs reviews anyway? Um, I always knew you were a badass. I just, I just didn't, I didn't realize that you were sort of thro thrown into it. So that's, yes. that makes it even better. Now, recently, uh, this is one of the things that I wanted to, and, and the reason why I wanted to invite you on the podcast in the first place, was you got a very cool spot, uh, scholarship. Oh boy! Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, and and you sh should be very proud because that is a na and I know you know that, but uh, national yes. scholarship. So uh, talk a little bit about that. One of the things that stuck out to me as a leader in the Pink Boot Society was like, you know, I I want to encourage other women in our chapter to incur like to apply for these scholarships. There are some amazing opportunities available, and all you have to do is. Tell somebody why you might be worthy of it. Uh, I had never done it myself, so I decided, you know, maybe maybe I should do it. Let's do it. I need a little bit more foundational knowledge in my brewing career. There's some technical things that I didn't know. And I was really nervous about it. I had to put my heart and soul on a piece of paper and kind of tell and plead my case a little bit uh, without being overly specific because I don't, you don't want to give it away as to who you are. Mm -hmm how to ask for a letter of recommendation. And lo and behold, I was the recipient of the WBA Concise Course in Brewing Technology offered by Siebel Institute. There it is. It was. And Siebel is just uh, the one of the uh, recognized institutions for brewery training. The That's correct. Training brewers, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, the scholarship is offered through the Pink Booth Society. Uh, they do not have many slots open available for it. And it was really exciting when I heard that I was the recipient. You know, they asked me to go out and go get headshots, and I'm like, I, I'm not a professional. Like, <laughs> maybe I am. I should. Maybe I should present myself a little bit more professionally. And it really changed the direction of my goals in this industry. Um, one really? Of, yes. Again, wow. what, one of the things was, again, wanting foundational knowledge. My practical knowledge in beer and brewing 
would only take me so far. Uh, the course itself is so in-depth on so many different aspects of the, the whole institution of brewing, from grain to glass, from packaging to distribution. There were courses about keg washing. I mean, just mm-hmm. basic things, uh, water composition, chemistry, mixing formulas. And although it was concise course in brewing technology, I was able to take away so many things and be able to focus more on what my education was lacking. Mm. Uh, Siebel also does offer specialized lectures, which are wonderful. Uh, one of the things that I was able to get upon my completion of the course was a, um, a free lecture. And of course, like you look through the whole catalog, they have hundreds of lectures. And I chose to, you know, maybe focus a little bit more on some alternative yeast and cellar management because that's out of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Lark as a brewery, we haven't had the capacity nor the storage space available to ever lager. So this has been an amazing opportunity for me to really hone a little bit of the skills that I don't have without having to leave my comfort zone. Right, right, definitely. Wait, I, I, not to put you on the spot, but what's one thing that just your mind was blown? Like you've, you've been doing something the, this way and you thought it was the way you were supposed to do it and then you went through this class you're like, whoa, wait a minute. There's another way to do this, you know? My, I don't know. To be totally honest, the thing that surprised me the most throughout the whole class, and, you know, I, I, like I said, I grew up in Colorado. I grew up around Budweiser. I grew up mm-hmm. around the Coors facility there. And I remember going to these places as a child. I, and I shouldn't say that too loud, yeah. but, like, that's, that's just what you Those are just awesome did. parents. Yeah, I mean, we just, yeah. They were cool kids. <laughs> so we went and toured these places, but... You know, I get so single-sided on what my daily job is. You know, I'm washing kegs two at a time. One of the insights from this class was an exact spec of a depalletizer taking kegs off, and then they're automatically rotating four, five, eight at a time Mm -hmm. and going down these conveyors and just how automated so much of larger breweries are right it's it it blows my mind every time I think about it yeah because I mean for years I mean I started like I started out as this home brewer I'm I'm scrubbing everything myself I've got my star sand I've got my PBW right and now all of a sudden I'm learning about (laughs) what hundreds of feet of conveyor belts look like (laughs) (laughs) that's a little I mean it was that was beyond my scope Mm -hmm. it was uh it was it was very interesting to see though you know but it did put it in your in your site. Yes. And I think that that's really uh, unique. And one of the things that I appreciate about homebrewing and homebrewers is the ability to experiment, build recipes and troubleshoot. Yes. Right. And so oftentimes it's harder for those to go in reverse, meaning if you start out on a bigger system or a, a Coors or Budweiser system, and then that's highly specialized in one particular aspect, right? I yes. mean, you, the larger you get, the more um, specialized skill sets you need. That's just how br- brewery scale works, right? Yeah. So when you're it, it, at the home brew level and at the smaller brewery level, you you are accustomed to wearing many hats. Yes, absolutely. Right? You know, so um, it's a it can, becomes a utility knife set. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, for, for brewing. So uh, that, that's exciting. And then we, um, part of your requirement is to, from what I understand, pay, pay it forward. Yes. That's, that's part of the Pink Boots Scholarship recipient. They ask that you pay it forward. Talk a little bit about that. 
So what they ask of me is to take the information that I've gleaned through this process and be able to use it in a meaningful way to, again, with, that, with the Pink Boots mission statement, educate, assist, and inspire other members of our society. Uh, one of the things that I will be doing is presenting a, a brief talk on what I know and what I've learned from that concise course. Uh, the details are, as of this recording, still being planned out, but I'm really excited to have our monthly chapter meeting and be able to share the exciting parts of what I got to learn with people who are more than deserving to know it. That's my favorite part about our Pink Boot Society is there's, it's not just a, you know, anticipation of somebody sharing what they know. It's an expectation. Yeah. And it's, I was given it's a such mindset. A, yeah, I was given such an amazing opportunity that I, why wouldn't I want to share it? There's no gatekeeping in our society. No. Like we get to, we get that to. That happens enough. Yes. We get to space. collaborate. <laughs> we get to share what we know. And I just, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful you took, took a leap, uh, took the time to, to set your seat down, set your ass down and write, you know, yeah. uh, um, because that, <laughs> right. And, and apply for that scholarship because Quite honestly, I, I think that's the limiting factor is just uh, creating the time for yourself. And, you know, I recently was thinking about um, schedule and calendar. And I, I read something that said um, you can either prioritize your calendar or prioritize your priorities. Yes. And I thought, and don't don't let your calendar be your your priority. And I just anyway, it was just a, a way of, of flipping it on its head because how often do we have that thing that we want to do and we just keep putting it off because there's just one more email to jam out or you know uh, you got to get the next batch going. Yeah. And, and so right, and you're just you're always hustling. And so it really does take a commitment to sit down and fill out a scholarship application and then take the time to actually go through and participate in a class so yeah the course the course itself there were two different options available I could participate in a course in Chicago it was yeah. a very intensive short program or be able to take it more at my speed at the wonderful comfort of my laptop and I definitely chose for that laptop option yeah <laughs> was, yeah mm -hmm. yes uh prioritizing God that bless was the a, laptop was a wonderful thing to do <laughs> So um, talk talk a little bit about you know moving into your your time and tenure in in brewing. It sounds like you want to stay in brewing. Um, what is what does life look like? Golly, like that is that is the question of the day. Right. I, I'm just so excited to be part of such a wonderful community of of people in this industry. I can't even just say beer and brewers. Like I, it, it's beer tenders. It's the it's the tap room staff. It's the kitchen staff. Uh, we have in Iowa an incredible opportunity to just employ so many people under this umbrella. And I hope that I get to be a part of a brewing team, if not try to find something on my own. You know, my goal is to brew or create with passion and enthusiasm and integrity. Like that's, those are, those are my three points. Everybody has their three points. Those ones are mine. Yeah. And, I just, I really hope that I get to stay locally and give back so much to the community that's given back to me. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to know every the time, people here. 
every time that we talk, I just, you're just like a ray of freaking sunshine, you know? <laughs> and your positivity and your optimism is just so contagious. Thank you. You know? And, and I uh, uh, never, never, I, everybody has bad days, but um, you're just an inspiration to, to be around. So. I feel like a little black rain cloud right now. So that's, <laughs> but it's okay because I what? don't sound like one. <laughs> We got we got a bluebird skies here at the Lua patio. Oh and, gosh, it's gorgeous. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. It's an amazing it's an amazing day. I mean, it is a little warm, so I'm kind of slipping around on my plastic chair here. But uh, just to close close out a, a little bit of our conversation and time together, I wanted to ask two things. What is the worst brewing experience that you've been a part of? And that could be things exploding or keg you know keg yeah. washing, whatever. I don't know. Everybody's generally got one, but I. I would love to hear yours. So back in those good old COVID times, you know, we we at Lark didn't ever have our own canning line. Back until we, we picked one up after CBC Minnesota, and that's been our little one-head, single-head canning line. And we, we learned we didn't want to go big at first. You know, we operate on an eight-barrel system. When we had that eight-barrel system and when we were trying to push beers out, um, I was... I was very embarrassed to hear that we had to collect a whole bunch of seltzers in from outside of the market. Um, the reason why we had to collect those seltzers back was because the yeast that we used just kept chewing through those fermentable sugars. Oh, and okay. And we had exploding cans in the market. <laughs> in the market. Not just in the market, but on the back of a high V truck. <laughs> and on that back of that high V truck... <laughs> just going pop, 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 and all of a sudden you have the police showing up thinking that there's an armed man inside the back of that truck. I am embarrassed to tell that story, and it is, it's, again, I, I tell everyone, Lark is not always my story to tell, but gosh, I like sharing that one sometimes. Man, that is, yeah. It was terrible. That is, it's embarrassing. That's memorable. And it's, it's one of those things. You're it's always, a great story. You're always so worried about how you're going to save face after something like that happens. Yeah. It, <laughs> you just, just got to put it behind you yeah. and make something else happen. You've got to make it better. you gotta, you got to encourage people that's not going to happen what, Right. Well, if we didn't screw up, how would we learn? You know, so as exactly. long as you just don't do it again. Has exactly. it happened again? It has not. Okay. See? Ta-da! <laughs> Amazing. Good learning. Yeah. The more you know. Da, 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 da. That's right. That's yes. right. All right, uh, I would love to close this out with uh, any any advice you have. Obviously, you have a really cool, unique perspective um, going through not only you, you've had a wonderful time at Lark, Lark um, that, uh, that opportunity, right, that chapter in your life has closed. And so from your perspective where you sit today, what's one thing that you would like to... Um, you know, mention piece of advice, just any sort of, any any sort of parting wisdom, because you got a lot of it. I do, and like the hardest part for me, my biggest challenge, and like it was advice I would give to myself: don't be afraid to make relationships with people you don't know. Yeah. Um, don't be that sneaky snake, just wait until the break in the conversation. But introduce yourself and get to know somebody. Like you never know what you're going to learn from that next person. If you want to be involved in something, line up. There, there might be a queue, but get in there and study your ass off. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no harm in knowing too much unless you're a smart ass. But like, <laughs> and some of us are, you know, like you get stubborn, you get stuck. But 
that's my biggest piece of not my biggest piece of advice, but my my only parting wisdom. Like, there's no such thing as too much knowledge in this industry. Right. Right. Things change. Things evolve. And share it. Share it. You know, I, I think that's the biggest thing is. And that's what you're out here doing and paying it forward to the Pink Boots members and beyond. Yeah. Uh, and anybody who is looking to get in this industry, how would you, um, what advice would you give them? Think about it over a beer. Think yeah. about what you love about this industry. Think about what you want to do and how you would incorporate yourself into it to make it better. Yeah. Um, not necessarily for selfish reasons. That's not exactly what I'm talking about, but how it can help you and how you can help it. And with that, that yeah. is perfect. Let's cheers to that. Cheers. Jennifer Nance. Janelle. Pink Boots co-lead. Thank you Appreciate so much. You. This has been awesome. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you.